Low Tide, I have a take. Wanted your thoughts. Hyman is better than Ryan Smith. From Oilers J. I don't want to answer that. However, Tyler Uramchuk joins us now, so I thought I'd ask him. So, Smith at his absolute best or Hyman? Who do you take? Uh, it's Hyman, Ty. Come on. Did, did Ryan Smith, granted, okay, this is tough because Ryan Smith never played with Connor McDavid, so I feel like that's an important side note in all of this, but did sorry, did Ryan Smith ever score close to 50 goals in a season? Because Hyman's going to do that this year. So I feel like he's the answer, as much as that might be like a heartbreaking thing for an Oilers fan to say. I tell you, Ryan Smith fans are everywhere. People are going to bring up 39 goals as in his first full year as an Oiler. All those years, the 05-06 team where he lost teeth. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough. I'm glad you answered it. And I picked a guy who used to be a maple leaf. I'm doing wonders with my public <laughs> reputation. <laughs> well, it's my fault. I'm the one to ask you. Uh, Twelve in a row. How high can they fly? How many? Looking at the schedule, can they go? Can they go like eleven and aught in the month of January? Well, I mean, hey, they have now officially gone one calendar, one month without losing a game. It was December nineteenth when they last lost. So to sit there and say they can't just keep rolling. I mean, you'd be foolish to bet against them at this point, Tide. And the thing is, they've won a handful of games. This isn't a heater born out of, you know, just them playing their absolute best every game and squeaking out victories. They've been, like, bad on a couple of nights and still found a way to get the two points. So I don't know if this thing's going to end. Like, the power play's not even hot. What's going to happen when we go through one of those stretches where they're 60% on the power play for two weeks and they're winning games solely off that, right? Like, that'll come at some point. So... Um, I don't think this heater's quite done yet. They can easily beat Calgary. They often do. And if they beat Calgary, what, next week they play a couple of AHL teams? Like, come on. It's it's looking interesting. There's no doubt about that. Trade deadline seemed like a big deal. In fact, it seemed like they were going to trade for a goalie even before then. Uh, Jake Allen, whomever. Uh, it's looking like I think they're going to make at least a couple of moves, but it's looking like it's not going to be the uh, imperative move that maybe we saw even a few weeks ago. Yeah, I don't think of, like, I mean, we saw Spencer Martin get claimed on waivers today, Tide. Um, like, there's a chance Calvin Pickard, if you were to acquire another goalie, he better be a real big upgrade because there's a chance you just lose Calvin Pickard to the waiver wire right after, right? And I'm not saying that you don't go out and make a good trade because you're scared of losing Pickard, but the point is there are a lot of other teams hungry for goaltending because someone is claiming Spencer Martin. The market's going to be rich. I think it's going to cost a lot. And when I look at this Oilers team, I just go, you're in all likelihood going to go as far as Stuart Skinner can carry you. So do you want to go blow a bunch of assets, blow what little cap space you have, and upgrade your backup goalie spot? Or do you sit there and say, hey, Calvin Pickard's good enough. Let's spend those picks and that draft capital, and let's go get a depth defenseman. Let's go get a third-line center and upgrade the team in front of the goalies. I think there's a lot of merit to that strategy. Sports 1440, Tyler Uramchuk is our guest. I wanted to ask you about Corey Perry. Man, it sounds like he's coming here. I mean, it kind of does, and the marriage makes way too much sense. Does Corey Perry want to win? Yes. Is Corey Perry going to sign for cheap? Yes. Do the Oilers need cheap depth health? Yes. And when you look at Perry, a guy who, granted, got $4 million, but was apparently really excited about the possibility of being on the same team as Connor Bedard and thought that was a neat experience, okay, well, come play on the same team as Connor McDavid, man. Like, the chance to win a Stanley Cup with a Canadian team and to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysettle, even if you won't be on the same line as them, I think that might be too appealing to pass up unless 
someone like Florida comes in and he goes, ooh, less media pressure, no tough questions after games or even when I first get there and I get to live in sunny Fort Lauderdale, like I, I would maybe sign up for that. But the Oilers <laughs> are definitely a finalist. Well, you'd sign up because the baseball's close. You know, you'd be there like in a heartbeat. Yeah, spring training. Why not? Oh, Giddy up, and I love the beach. Yeah, well, there you go. And and you know, we'll we'll move on from that. But I can see you there now. Um, <laughs> people ask me about you know, is Perry any good? Does he have anything left? And I think part of the problem is when we evaluate Perry, we're doing it away from the Oilers, and maybe he would get time with you know McDavid or Drysidle, and that really does change the equation, right? You know, even guys who aren't fabulous look really good when they're playing with those guys. I mean, low tide, I know Oilers, other Oilers fans have thrown out this idea, but Dylan Holloway centering Corey Perry and Evander Kane on a third line, that might be pretty good when it comes to getting under the skin of the other team during a seven-game playoff series. Defensemen would get awfully tired of seeing those three four-checking you if Evander Kane's moving his feet and all of that. But like, even if he's not in the top six, I think he'd have a chance to come in here and just be a really good, effective player. And I think in the locker room, obviously, brings a ton of value. Not that this team needs that by any stretch, but bringing in good veterans for a playoff run, especially a guy like that who's been through four or five long playoff runs in his career. Like, there's just there's no downside to this move. Final question, Tyler. The four-check, the, the outlet plays that seem to come through the middle and are more precision and crisp passing, uh, what, what changes have you seen that you like the most or think have been the most uh, effective under the new coaching staff? Okay, they've slipped up on this a little bit against Toronto and Seattle. But this was a big thing in the playoffs last year. It was limiting their shooting themselves in the foot moments, we'll call them, where they just completely implode for a few seconds and get hemmed in or give up an odd man rush or whatever. They've been way better at limiting high danger chances against shots against, specifically on the penalty kill. They're not giving up as many high danger chances against. Just the fact that they seem stingier defensively is a big surprise to me because, again, the personnel didn't change. Only the coaching staff did. And the fact that they're seemingly getting... I don't want to use the term buy-in because I think it's kind of cliche, but everyone on this blue line has brought up their game a step, and I think that's that's probably been the most impressive part for me. But it's a laundry list, Low Tide. You mentioned the breakout passes in the outlet, the way they're attacking with speed. They're getting goals from depth scorers at big times. They're getting great goaltending. So a bunch of things are working well. They're looking like a wagon, but just don't tell that to P.K. Subban because he says they're only winning games because of McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah, I, 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 every, you know, I remember last year when they were the Flames were talking about we lost because of one guy or whatever. I just think that's dangerous because you're you're lighting everybody up and they're going to just prove it to you again. I don't get the I watch the games and then you can see that the orders were once that team but they aren't now. No, they're absolutely they got two goals from Warren Fogle yesterday. Like come on, like give your head a shake if you're sitting there saying this is a one man team. Stuart Skinner has a 940 something save percentage since the beginning of December. Give your head a shake if you think this is a one man team and also this idea that the Oilers are always knocked down a peg because they have talented players. No one ever sits there. Who's sitting there right now going, if the Bruins didn't have Pasternak, they'd be fighting for a wildcard spot. They'd be nothing. Like, no one's saying that, right? So (laughs) why do the Oilers always get docked for their best player being good and no other team gets docked for their good players? It's weird. It is. You're right. Have a great weekend. Thanks, man. Yeah, sounds good, Ty. See ya. All right, there you go. Tyler Uramchuk from Daily Faceoff.